Well, folks, you've been waiting. It's, you know, bye week. They made it. They got to the point where they're going to be all right. We're going to get in-depth about where they are, what's coming up with the Kansas City Chiefs, how they go into this week and actually make the most of it. Matt Derrick is here to tell us all about it. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Matt Derrick, Matt Derrick, here to tell me the truth. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Happy Thanksgiving, Ryan, or almost Thanksgiving. Yeah, for us folks, happy Thanksgiving. You'll hear Chris tomorrow. Matt and I will close out the week right here. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I, I think I need a break. I think everybody needs a break. How are you feeling right now? Oh, everybody, yeah? okay. everybody needs a break. Um, players, coaches, media, fans. <laughs> yeah, it's a right. long season. It, it's a long, long season. Yeah, that extra game is looming large right now, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> uh, it looms large. And how just how many years in a row are the Chiefs going to get lucky where they've got one of these late buys? Because, I mean, to me, that's perfect time. I mean... I would much rather, you know, have a late bye and then, you know, six more games to go than to have a bye and what do they start on week five? And then you got right. 13 more weeks. Ugh. Absolutely. I mean, no, especially had it come in the middle of last month or, you know, the first week of November, then you, you disrupt the momentum that you're building in this particular roster this particular year. So I guess maybe the circumstances are all what they are and they change every year. But I think. To be in this position to leave them up, you know, feeling up as you go into the holiday, I think that's a big plus. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, to be able to, to go into the bye week riding a four-game winning streak, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Even though, hey, there's still some things that aren't perfect and this team's still working on some stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think they would much rather be going into the bye week on a four-game winning streak than if they had to go to a bye week after the Titans game. That might have been a whole different bye week. Yeah, I can... Oof can only imagine that one. A couple of transactions happening here uh, on, on the, the down week. Um, one, James Winchester, long snapper, has been extended. What was it, a, a two-year addition to his contract? So he'll be here for a bit. Yeah, and uh, good thing. I mean, long snapper, you've got a one that you can trust, rely upon. It's a good thing to have. <laughs> and, and I think uh, Winchester's been nothing but reliable with this team for so many years now. So, yeah, as long as you got a guy like him, you don't want to lose him. Yeah. Keep keep it in the family. Keep him right where he is. I think that's a plus. And it comes at a time when they get, they get flexed out. They're going to be on Sunday night now when they return from the bye. Um, against the Denver Broncos, I when they first said, hey, we might move some games around, I really didn't think the Chiefs were going to get the Sunday night game because it's Denver. They're struggling. I don't. I don't see how that's you know upping your ratings there. But for the Chiefs, another shot at prime time, another shot to make your statement in the West and you know kind of warn the rest of the AFC, yes, we're still here. We're still coming for you. Does this give them any, any extra push as they come off of a, a rest week? Yeah, I think it's got to be a you know not nice little boost here. I mean, you know, players do certainly get up for for prime time games, and prime time at Arrowhead is generally a pretty special environment. So. I don't think any of the players or coaches are going to complain about this one. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's going to, it's going to be what happens. I mean, you saw, I don't know if you saw the numbers over the weekend, but the Chiefs Cowboys want the most watched NFL game of the year. And I think that the number two or number three game is also another Chiefs game. So, um, 
<laughs> Mahomes brings eyebrow, eye, eye, eyeballs. So yeah. almost said eyebrows, but eyeballs are what Patrick Mahomes brings. So they generally come in pairs. Yeah. You're going, you're going to continue to see the Chiefs playing six prime time games a year, and you're going to see some more three twenty five, you know, national game kickoffs too. So just come to expect it when you got Patrick Mahomes as your franchise quarterback. Yeah, that's the way that it's going to be. Even when he's down, they're not really down. They, no, because they I do that draw. You're starting to get to the point now where there's people who are going to tune in to watch Patrick Mahomes fail because you know there's going to be some people who want to see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs lose. What, what what's he at now? Like twenty eight hundred yards fail? Okay, close <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, but you're right. There's plenty, plenty of people who watch. Way. Tune in to talk, watch Tom Brady because they want Tom Brady to lose. You're getting to the point now where Patrick's going to start becoming a villain, and there are going to be some people around the league who is like want to tune in and say, "Okay, yeah, the Chiefs are going down. Great." Darth Mahomes, I'm here for that. Right. You know what? Um, I want to check in with you on a couple of, of the positional needs, where things are at. We've seen a lot of change the last month. Where do they go from here? We're going to get into that coming up next. It's all there. You can have it all. The gridiron and all the teams are back on there, and you can get your money into the action by going to betonline.ag for all your pro and college action you're trying to get going. Whether it's the updated interface that you like, more odds, more props and contests, everything's there at your number one source at betonline.ag. Head over to the website, use your mobile or anything else, and you get a 100% welcome bonus. You do need that code NFL100 for that. That's double your initial deposit. So you put that down, and they give you it right back on top. So football, basketball, all the other sports. Over there at the fastest, easiest way to get all your action on the line. See, I made it happen again. BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And I, I like the uh, Darth Mahomes. We're going to stay with him for a second because that change for him, uh, two changes really, um, continuing what we saw in the Super Bowl, getting worse, and now starting to pull out of it. I, I think there's still some discrepancies there. There's still some things that need to be adjusted. But in this roller coaster first half of the season, like how do you feel that they've come? Is he ahead of where he was when he started the season, or is the quarterback himself still working through all of it? I still feel like that Mahomes and the entire offense are still working through figuring out all the things that they're seeing. And I, I feel like that they're progressing. I'm still not sure that, you know, things are a hundred percent fixed and that they, they have a really good grasp about how just to beat some of the stuff that they've been seeing throughout this year. I, I, I mean, the Raiders game is after backed up by the Cowboys game. I mean, there is a little bit of an aberration with that Raiders game that you feel like maybe it was just a little bit of something that the Raiders did differently. They didn't quite have the horses to do what some of the other teams have been doing to them. So, yeah, I think we're going to need to see in the next few weeks. And you know what? I mean, the the, the Denver game is going to be interesting because Denver, even without Von Miller, I mean, look what they did to the Cowboys just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm really curious to see, you know, how what the how they play defensively against the Chiefs and how they defend Mahomes because I think it's going to be a good test of you know what the rest of the season is going to bring for for the Chiefs. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I still think that they are working through some things. Um, it's I, I think you saw in that Dallas game we talked about it after the game. First couple of drives and those first 15 scripted plays thought they were really really smooth, but then after that there just seemed to be another disconnect between. Uh, how they were adjusting to the defense and you saw them go through another one of these lulls. So, you know, that's not, that's not the chiefs fixed offensively. So right. there's still work to do. I have a theory and I want you Late to on me. on it. 
I thought the emphasis on the running back, even though Darrell was catching more passes than, you know, touches out of the backfield, it went significantly away, I felt, with the return of Clyde Edwards. But, but I think that is also in relation to just the game flow. But that was one difference that I felt exactly what you were just saying, that, like, you'd kind of established this one-two punch, and then you kind of forgot about it again. And, and is that something that they can take away and they get corrected a little bit faster than they've been making adjustments so far this season? Yeah, and, and that's curious to me because I, you know, I felt like that at least in the early script portion that there was a bit of a focus on trying to get the ball to Clyde mm-hmm. and throw the ball to him a little bit, and and then you saw them get away from it. But the one thing I think was encouraging is that, and, and this brings the run game into it a little bit, is that we didn't see the Chiefs abandon some of the things that they've been doing with Daryl Williams that had been very successful. Uh, I thought they still stuck with some of those concepts, especially. You know, some of the between the tackles runs I thought was important, but you're right. I mean, once they, they got out of the script and, and got into the second, third, fourth quarters, there was the disconnect again between, you know, what they were doing offensively. And I did think they got away from from getting the ball to to, to Clyde a little bit, um, you know, and also, I mean, he did start, but hey, Daryl took more snaps in that game. So some of it was just it's certainly he's still working his way back. Yeah, but I'm with you. I mean, you know. Good grief. I, I think if they're going to be successful, they're going to need to get the ball to Clyde and, you know, out of the backfield six, seven times a game. I, and I, because I think that's the only way that you're going to continue to loosen up some of these defenses is to, to take advantage of Clyde in space. So, what do you attribute to, like, how do you get past that? You found the answer. You went away from it again. Now you have a, a two week gap where you can hopefully take a bigger step back and look at, hey, this is what's working for us. The balance, especially in the, in the front 15. Is is there an adjustment that you can make to emphasize that? Do you go to like a do you run a, a twenty five play script? Do you get out and and make it longer than the fifteen? A lot of folks want to run the fifteen a second time. That's not something that's really applicable in the NFL. But could you elongate your script? That's a, that's a, a a curious notion because I've I've never really heard of of Andy or any of these West Coast guys that do this. You know, kind of coming up with that. It's certainly to me something that's worth considering a little bit because once again, we talked about this as well. It seemed like against Dallas that it was once again, you get the script where you know where the ball is intended to go and they've got some things intentionally designed for the running backs. Everything is, you know, generally short, crisp passing game, not a lot of shots deep. I mean, generally it was a lot of short and intermediate passing. And then you get past that and you get a little bit more in the free form offense. And you got a quarterback who wants to push the ball downfield because given the option between short, intermediate and long, Patrick Mahomes is always going to be looking long. It's I mean, that's just it. And for for better or for worse. So some of this is on the quarterback where the quarterback has got to be able to identify, you know what? My best option is to get rid of this ball quickly. And and you saw, you know what, I mean, we, we talked about it immediately after the game, too. There were some RPOs that, you know, could have gone to the run that Patrick got away from and threw the ball. And, and some of those worked, some of them didn't. But, um, you know, once again, I mean, it's his intention to throw the ball as much as possible and to throw it as deep as possible. That's his M.O. Yeah. And it's you hate to you hate to rein that in too much because it's what makes him go and it's what makes him special. but. The one area where he can, I think, most improve is just, and he's told, and he's told us about it. He knows that this is the, the biggest thing that he can do to improve, is just take what they give you sometimes. 
I do the same thing. I recognize my faults. I have trouble correcting them. It's just human nature, in my opinion. I feel like that's the, that's the answer is to kind of protect him from himself. The whole goal, I think, of running that up-tempo short pass game that Andy has set up the last month is to try to get defenses out of that too high, out of waiting on him to take shots. So I just think that now it's a little bit too predictable because now you're talking about a team that used to use the first 15 for three drives, right? Now it's maybe lasting two, maybe not even that long, right? So you got to mess with them, I think, a little bit more and extend that so that you really can grab their attention and pull them down a little bit more with a little bit longer uh, play chart from from them and then let Patrick you know, kind of go for it. You, like you said, he's never not going to, but if they can do that, if they can establish the tempo, do you feel like this is going to be a struggle the rest of the season or, or can they get back to that where they're actually – hitting the tight stuff and then the, taking advantage of their shots. Yeah, I mean, it's there's so many different things going on that they're trying to kind of manage here. And, you know, because coming into any one game, I mean, I feel like that they've probably have gone away from a little bit of the, hey, let's try and get McCole Hardman game going this time. You know, they've kind of put that on the back burner now. So, you know, whereas against the Raiders, I mean, intentional, uh, clearly their intention was to come out and get Travis Kelsey going. Well, there wasn't really anything on that, you know, against the Dallas Cowboys. If anything, I thought that probably the the early script was really designed to maybe get Clyde into the flow and just to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get that part of the game going. But, um, you know, that's 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 the tricky thing is just that it's it seems like that there's been a pretty good plan at the beginning of every game so far about what they want to try and establish and get going, and then the flow of the game gets away from them. Once they get out of that script, it's just like it almost feels like the game's being called by two different people. Like you've got somebody calling the first 15 plays and then somebody else takes over. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it's just there's there's nuts and seem to be a lot of connectivity there. And, you know, and, and I, I go back to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, some of that is on the play calling. Some of it's on the quarterback. Um, but, it, yeah, I mean, let's face it. I mean, this team is going to be its most successful and, and they're going to be able to to start beating some of the things that they're seeing if they can run the football, if they can get Travis Kelsey free and, and open, and, and they can get Tyreek, you know, early in the game, get get some of that short stuff going to him. Because once you can get those 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 double high safeties looking in a little bit and peeking in a little bit, that's when you can finally beat them. And I'm still I'm not sold on Patrick Mahomes' philosophy that it's just going to take one 75 yard bomb and everything's fixed. But he's trying. Yeah, he certainly is. <laughs> he's trying to do it. I, I, as related to that, though, one thing stands out to me, and there's been a lot of back and forth. There's been a lot of try, a lot of experimentation this year. Is the answer at this point, going into the bye, knowing that you have a set number of games before the playoff run, is the answer at wide receiver two, is it Byron Pringle, in order to let those things that you just talked about happen? It's starting to look like it, because now we've got a, a couple of games here where you've got Josh Gordon and Byron Pringle that are getting the majority of the snaps. And Demarcus Robinson and, and McCole Hardman are in that next tier. And I, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, if you're asking me for what the Chiefs want to do offensively, who are the two best guys that they can have out there with Tyree? It's it's Josh Gordon and Byron Pringle right now, especially because they're going to want to run the football. They're going to want to you know do some of the, the short intermediate stuff to try and open things up. And and those two guys are best suited for that because they're the most physical and, and and they're willing to do some of those things that Hardman and Robinson just aren't built for. 
I think it's going to take a while. I think every everything on this team takes a little bit longer than I expect it to. We're going to get into changes on the other side coming up next. You got to love the holidays, all the food, the treats, and plenty of them. But you might want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's a perfect time for a Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. They taste incredible. We've gone over them. We have all the, the new ones, blueberry muffin. You have the uh, chunk cookie dough. You got to love that, as well as my favorite, coconut. You got to love the coconut brownie chunk. It is the best one out there. And Feast or something delicious, and that's how you feel about these bars. You need to have one of those as well. Every single one is about 130 to 150 calories, uh, only 4 grams of sugar, and plenty of protein, upwards of 15 grams per bar. Versus a slice of pie that's over 300 calories, you got to get into this. And this is a just as good tasting and a better way to eat, especially around your holidays. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is the great option whenever you're hungry, whether it's Thanksgiving weekend or all the way through Christmas and even New Year's. Uh, they're all coming here right now, and it's time for a Built Bar or two. All the new surprises, all the new flavors that are always coming out every few days, it feels like. There's plenty to check out over at Built.com. And uh, especially right now, you can mark your calendar for Black Friday. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of prizes. All you have to do is go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Changes something that I think, especially this season, you can see it. It is very, very, very difficult. Steve Spagnolo make changes he's only about six weeks behind what i'm seeing on film and i need you to explain to me why is it is it patience is it faith in his players is it is it head in the sand like is this a positive or a negative why isn't this changing faster it's perplexing because steve steve spagnolo is not averse to change i mean he's not averse to trying out new lineups and twisting things around and testing things out the one weakness that he probably has, and, and and it's not always a weakness, but I think with this particular Chiefs team, it's probably been a weakness. It's, he's got a soft spot for veterans mm-hmm. and a soft spot for guys that he trusts to do everything perfectly every time. Problem is, is that sometimes the guys that know what they're supposed to do and, and be in the right place just aren't equipped physically to make the plays that they're being put in position to make. And that to me has probably been, you know, the the biggest challenge, you know, for him this year is just realizing that honestly, I mean, his best players are are young guys and he just can't rely on the veterans that he's relied on in the past. I mean, if there was one thing I would tell Steve Spagnuolo, if I run into him at High V tomorrow, it's just go with what you see now. It's not an aberration. Nick Bolton really is better in the middle. Juan Thornhill really is better out back. Like, do whatever you want with Snead. He can do anything. But like, it, if you were going to have that same conversation with him, what do you say to C. Spagnuolo to make sure that it's not this continual experiment and, and understand, but don't make the change here as they go down the stretch run towards the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I actually I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of things that he's doing right now defensively in the sense that at least that, you know, if Dan Sorensen and, and Ben Neiman are on the field, they're on the field in the box. Um, it's third down or it's an obvious passing situation. 
um, because he feels like, hey, you know, those are the two guys who are best equipped to be able to, you know, cover some guys or defend a run, multiple little looks and everything like that. They can do a little bit of everything, but they're maybe best suited for at least that package. And they practice it week in and week out. I mean, they're kind of specialists in that regard. And at least he's being consistent as far as, you know, hey, if he's in a 4-3 base, Nick Bolton's out there. Um, everybody's in, in, in the same role. It's just that, you know, that that nickel package look is probably the one that I think that they're still figuring out a little bit about, you know, what what do they need in there? And because right now, I mean, obviously, in those situations, for the most part, they're taking off Nick Bolton and bringing in, you know, usually Rashad Fenton, occasionally a safety, but usually it's Rashad Fenton and they're going with a three corner look. Um, I, I don't think that's necessarily, you know, putting them. I, I mean, good things have been happening since they've been doing that. But I'll admit, I mean, I look at this, look at the the stat sheet and I'm like, Vic Bolton for, for his productivity is not playing enough. I mean, he needs to be on the field more uh, because the guy just seems to make plays. And yeah, I mean, at this point, the, you know, the, the chiefs don't feel like that Nick Bolton is a three down guy. I get that, but they also don't feel like completely. He's a, you know, a, a, a guy that can play everything. They only want him in there right now. It seems like an, or and if obvious run situations or mostly run situations and, I, I, that's probably a little bit about just where their confidence is with him as an outside guy. If, mm-hmm. if, if Nick Bolton were playing the mic the entire time, I think he'd be in there the entire time. But we go, once again, we go back to Steve Spagnolo and veterans and he and, and Andy Reed both have an enormous faith in Anthony Hitchens. Is that faith justified at this point in Hitch's career? That's probably the question that's debatable. And I know where you come down on that. <laughs> I'm trying to be subtle here on video, man. <laughs> Folks, if you're listening to the show, you can go watch it on YouTube. Um, that That's a, a valid point. And I understand that I agree with you. That's most likely what he's doing. And I don't understand why that is. Because you can still play Hitch in the nickel and not have to worry about the base where Bolton ought to be in the middle. But anyway. You hit something important, though, is it's not just Sorensen at safety, Sorensen in the box, right? And Sorensen Neiman as a package on those obvious passing downs. A lot of people have been asking me about that, and I keep coming back to the same concept, and I couldn't really you know, say it correctly until today. I feel like they're trying to protect the starting three by swapping wholesale the linebacker level with Neiman and Sorensen as a group so they can platoon a little bit, maintain not only uh, – you know, the physical stamina within a ball game, but I think they're concerned about the 17 game. Obviously, you're hoping that this is a 20 game season and trying to make sure that your starting three are able to get through it with still their legs underneath them. Is that part of the factor, do you think? I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, you know, and that goes back to, and you can bring in the way that they rotate the defensive line as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's pretty consistent as far as for the most part. You know, the starters get drives. They've got, you know, a, a backup, a, essentially a number two defensive line. It will come eventually, uh, usually come in wholesale for a drive and just give the starters a, a break. Um, they do the kind of, they, they don't do it the same way to, at the linebacker level. I mean, that's more basically on down and distance, the way that they assign those roles. Um, but then again, I mean, they also have this third down package and that is very consistent as far as who's on the field, you know, from defensive line to the secondary. And I think that comes back to, you know, how they practice and, and a little bit as well that, you know, having that one group that works together on third downs throughout the entire week and knowing that they're going to be on the field 
doing those same situations on game day. There's a little bit of that, you know, at least continuity there as well. But I think you're right. I mean, the other big part of it, I mean, especially I think at the linebacker level specifically that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way to get those guys off the field and get them the rest that they they need rather than uh, certainly in Anthony Hitchens case at this point in his career. I don't think he needs to be chasing down tight ends 30 yards downfield on third downs when you got Ben Neiman who can do that and Dan Sorensen that can do that. And right now, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, that's not necessarily the best parts of their game either. And 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 Nick Bolton may never be. I mean, may, maybe Nick is going to be specifically a, a first and a second down guy. Maybe he won't ever be that third down guy. We'll see. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, a big part of it is certainly managing the workload of those guys, in addition to just having a third down group that works together all the time that they feel good about. Uh, for the record, I, I want a linebacker that makes the quarterback now want to throw to that tight end. Just just saying. Um, last question. Super, super simple. It all boils down to this. Um, ups and downs on both sides of the ball. Who's the most important player? Who's the MVP of this first half? And is it the same guy that they need to be the MVP for the second half? Ooh, are we talking just entire team here? Sure. I mean, you want to take the quarterback out? Fair enough. You know, non-quarterback. How's that? <laughs> I mean, well, I probably should say it's always going to be Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. there's that. Um, that's a good question. I mean, because I think there's a there's a couple of different possibilities there. Um, I mean, I, I would probably still have to lean on it's either Tyreek Hill or or Travis Kelsey because those two guys have just been so reliable. Other than hey, the occasional drops here and there. I mean, the offense runs through them. I'm not sure I can, I mean, I can't necessarily outside of those two guys make a compelling case for someone who has shown up all 11 games and consistently been, you know, the most reliable player in every single game. Um, Because I think that, you know, hey, Chris Jones has been injured. There's some games early on where he wasn't productive. Frank Clark's the same way. Um, Legereus Sneed probably in that conversation. Tyron Matthews probably in that conversation. Um Willie Gay, you know, minus the first month of the season when he's at wasn't and there was probably worthy of being in that conversation. Um, but to push to the limit, push against the wall and had to give you a name. I'm going to go with Kelsey. Yeah. OK. See, for me, it's Frank Clark in terms of the future, because Chris Jones is going to get doubled consistently from here on. in. he might get tripled with a back more often than we're used to at this point given what his last month has been. And for me, he he was the guy who I thought rose the bar the most. Again, like you said, because he was out this last month as he's been back, as he's moved back inside. Like that play has really gone on. Now you have to have someone else that can capitalize. Is it Frank Clark? Is it Melvin Ingram? See, I said his name right today, folks. Um, I don't know, but it's got to be someone else because I think all attention will be on Chris from here on out. I think it will be on Chris from here on out, but I'll tell you what, I don't think it's going to matter. No? Okay. I mean, if, if the Chiefs are... 13 and four or 12 and five at the end of the season. I'm I'm thinking that Chris Jones is going to be the MVP. Okay. I like that too. Folks, you heard it here first. Let us know what you think in the YouTube comments and the iTunes reviews over in the comments on chiefsdigest.com where you can see all of Matt's work. We appreciate that. And thank you for the time today, Matt. I think we all will say happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Matt, I certainly hope you enjoy your holiday. I certainly hope you do too. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And I appreciate everybody out there. Thank you. Thank you. Be good, Chiefs Kingdom. Enjoy your holiday. We'll talk to you on Friday.